Hi friends. Have you ever wondered what would happen if you took a couple of warehouse rats, sat them down at a bar, gave them some whiskey, and talked about the importance of heritage? I didn't think so, but let me assure you, what follows is truly an adventure. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'll put hair on your balls. Whoa. I'll put hair some oh. hair. They'll put some hair on your hair. <laughs> Shit. Oh. Hey, you might have to. Um... I was like, I gotta put this on my head. Yeah. <laughs> Greetings, friends. This is Why Whiskey, a history podcast with a whiskey problem. Or is it a whiskey podcast with a history problem? We'll let you decide. I'm your host, Ian McGlynn. Let's get after it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ian McGlynn with Why Whiskey. Tonight I am joined at the bar of Questionable Life Choices by... My name is Ricardo. And I'm Josh. From the Warehouse Rats podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about heritage, personal history, and a whole lot of whiskey. So grab your bottle, have a seat, and listen up. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. All right. So how, how are we doing? We're doing good. I'm doing great. Yeah, my nose, my nose is a little stuffed up though. I think it's just the um. And we're, we're doing a tasting, and now now you're ready to be all stuffed up. <laughs> I'm not getting sick. I'm just yeah. You know. That's what they all say. <laughs> it's my allergies. <laughs> hey, don't worry about that. Some of these you'll uh, these will get in your nose. They'll clear that stuff right up. All right, that's good. Oh. That's, cool. <laughs> that's the good stuff. Right on. So, how long have you guys been podcasting? Well, I think uh, since November. Yep. Yeah, yeah, since uh, November. I say we we started early November, then we had to take a couple weeks because we had to get our equipment um in line because it was a <laughs> I think we were down to a a twenty dollar plug into your computer <laughs> microphone that looked a lot more fancy than it, than it could actually do for right, us. Exactly. No, yeah. It, I guess in the sense, the probably since December, because the November doesn't really. We don't count November. Yeah, I wouldn't count November. <laughs> when I tell a lot of people about the podcast, I say, you know what? Start from episode uh, four or five. Because yeah. The first few episodes, uh, I don't know. Yeah, especially number one, you can definitely hear oh, yeah. the the quality lacking thereof. So. Oh, absolutely. On my like pilot episode, you know, I I I mentioned that I'm using you know this crazy mic setup and. Uh, you know, uh, it's going to sound chunky and weird and terrible. So <laughs> bear with me through the first whatever episodes until I find my way. But I, I kind of put that out there. So, so right on. Yeah, so, I mean, it's all, that's what I used to tell Josh. Like, I think it, at the end of the day, the content is the, one of the most important things, I would say, yeah. right? The, yeah, but uh, quality doesn't hurt. No, it does, it, no, it does. I, I, will, it, I will agree on that. It, because it, it definitely did yeah. us good. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Right on, right on. Okay, so we drink on this show. Uh, we drink a lot on this show, and obviously we're whiskey. So earlier in the week, I was able to get some uh, some of my stuff over to Josh. So we're gonna we're gonna be doing some some tasting and talking at the same time. So we are going to start. We wanna when we're doing a, a whiskey tasting, we kind of start low and work our way up. So we're gonna go with something that's kind of light, a little bit delicate, and from the far east so josh if you could Ooh, grab like the far east is like the other countries like, or, oh yeah or are we, just, like, are we talking York? like maine 
<laughs> no, I, I, I'm the Far East in that case. So, no, we're going to grab number two. Go ahead and pour Wait, it. I, I thought number one. No, don't touch number one yet. Oh, go, I said number two. We are not going in numerical order. Oh, well, then why'd you number them? So I know what was what. That's the order <laughs> in which I poured them, but not the order in which we're going to consume them. Whoa, whoa, what's going on here, buddy? Well, I gotta figure out. Settle down. Okay, don't. Yeah, I think about the same. I know I what I'm doing. I don't want the same. <laughs> <laughs> I still gotta drive. <laughs> I got a couch. <laughs> All right, so this is number two. Yep. All right, so first thing you want to do, uh, so you want to hold it up to your nose. You don't want to shove your nose into the glass. Breathe through your nose and your mouth at the same time. Oh, oh, baby. Mm. So, so what that does, uh, so it's hard it, to do, I'm not gonna lie. it activates, <laughs> no, it is weird when you're first starting to do it. Um, you actually get to taste the whiskey through your olfactory senses, uh, without even drinking it yet. So, uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, you can kind of yeah. get that, the flavor of the whiskey beforehand. So yeah. that's your first introduction to what you're about to drink. Uh, you can look at the legs. If you look at your glass, um, and kind of spin it around, <laughs> right? Uh, so the so as the the whiskey runs down the side of the glass, um, those streaks is called the legs. All that really tells you it doesn't really tell you anything special. It just tells you what to expect when you put it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Josh. <laughs> right on. So are we are we tasting now? Yep. We yep. So now, yeah, no. So the first one, um, just drink it like you would uh, a normal, uh, just a normal sip. So don't like hang out yeah. with it. Just just drink it. So oh. your your first sip of whiskey is always or or any spirit <laughs> that you're drinking. Hang in there, buddy. <laughs> no. Um, all that does is that gets your mouth and your you know your your palate ready for the alcohol. It introduces your tongue to the alcohol. So mm. if the real flavor of the whiskey doesn't come until like the second or third sip, right? Mm. So uh, so as we as we continue with uh, with the Yamamoto, this is a Japanese whiskey. It's a single malt. Uh, no age statement on the bottle. No, I don't know how serious we had to be, but I love I'm a I'm a jokingly person, so bear with me. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no what? rules here, Ricardo. You're good, dog. Oh, okay. I, I just, I, yeah. I just want. I thought you were going somewhere with that. No, yeah. I was going <laughs> okay. I was anxiously waiting for more. Right. I was like, okay, where's the punchline? <laughs> no, no. I just. Yeah. So, so we're starting gentle. This is a this is an 86 proof, so it's a little bit lighter on the end. Uh, whiskeys start at 80. Uh, to be called a, a whiskey, they got to be at 80 proof at a minimum. And then there's a whole bunch of other rules depending upon the type of whiskey that you're drinking. That's good stuff. Now, what so, is, uh, for the people who don't know, well, I guess I'm assuming they probably know if they're listening to this, but I'm a novice when it comes to this whiskey tasting. What the hell is whiskey made out of? So whiskey is a uh, it's a alcohol distilled by grain. So okay. uh, and again, the type of whiskey determines what it's made out of. So uh, when you're talking about Irish whiskey. Um, dependent upon what they call it, if it's a single malt, uh, generally they're they're Irish and Scotches, they're they're malt whiskeys. Uh, anything made in America probably has some form of corn in it or rye, and then you're talking about bourbons and and rye, and there's a bunch of different ca- categories uh, depending upon how it's made, where it's made, and all that stuff. So, and then there's age stuff. You know, uh, it, it's kind of crazy. 
Mm. American whiskeys have the most rules uh, out of anybody. Mm. Go figure. Go figure. Yeah, (laughs) when it comes to. But whiskey is the the first ever domestic product to be taxed in America. Okay. Kind of cool. But we're not talking about that today. Today we're going to be talking about personal history or heritage. And and I kind of kind of came to this I do a lot of research and a lot of study and yeah, no, please, please continue. History and and I'm kind of working that way for a career. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I'm finding out all this stuff about old people and dead people uh and I know very little about my myself and my, you know, our own heritage and trying to figure out like where the importance of that is uh, as a, as a historian but then on a personal level Mm. Why is why is heritage important? And, and more and more so, I think in today's time it's important so we can share our story because there's a lot of perceptions and, and misconceptions. As Americans, um, we all came from somewhere, you know? So as far as I know, um, from what Josh tells me, is that you guys are kind of Canadian? No, we're not Canadian. Okay. We've been over this <laughs> more than once. Uh, what? you sure? We're kind of Canadian. Oh, damn. Uh, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we're we're kind of really Canadian. I I don't uh no I don't acknowledge that. But, no, uh, it's just the fact um that we have well we haven't shared. Can we share this one? Yeah. Here? Okay. No, we uh we had um a uh a young lady uh go ahead and purchase um it's kind of a sponsor. Yeah, like uh, DNA kits for us to like do ancestry stuff. So we actually uh, mailed those out this week. Her name and... is Stacy Trapwell. <laughs> anyway, oh, hi, Stacy. <laughs> That's not her name, but it's basically very close. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like the, I think it's interesting because um, she had actually thrown the idea out to us. She's like, "Hey, you know, it'd be cool if you guys tried this," and we're like, "Yeah." And then that just happily, yeah, yeah, yeah. but of course now we won't get the results for another like you know five weeks. Yeah. So. Well, I mean it's not a bad thing. I mean as long as they do a good job, find out, um, go into detail in our DNA. Right. So those things are kind of cool. I, I've never experienced one, um, but you see the results of other people and they do some stuff. It, those they always make me nervous though because I'm giving my DNA to who the hell knows what. Yeah, sure. somebody some, somebody had mentioned that too. Um, a coworker of mine said she doesn't trust it. I'm just like that's kind of. I mean, never really thought about it, but I don't know. I'm on someone that is, is a reputable uh, company, so you should be able to trust them at least a little bit. Yeah, at least a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But what can what can they do with our DNA anyways? You know what I mean? Or they our... could clone us. Okay. And now all of a sudden you're committing crimes in international countries where you've never been, but your DNA is there. It's your fault. I I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Ricardo is an international order specialist. So, I mean, he causes international incidents every day. There was an international incident today. uh... Every day. (laughs) (laughs) So I've done an an oral history with with our grandfather. I'm disgustingly undereducated on my mother's side. Uh, I'm working on that. Our great-grandfather was born in 1907 in Preston, wow. Ontario. Are you sure? And then migrated or immigrated into America through Buffalo in 1929. Where are you getting this information from? Who are your sources? Uh, so my source is my grandfather. <laughs> uh, my source is also about to become uh, – so here they've, they've got like the Immigration Museum. 
and mm-hmm. I can actually here in New York City, and I'm going to go down. And I can get all of the all of our family's records for immigration stuff. So uh, I'm yeah. kind of excited about that. Yeah, because Buffalo is one of the ports of entry that they they maintain their records for. So I'm actually going to be able to get like source documents, you know, date uh-huh. and time and stuff with his name. <laughs> So pretty much all this time I've been kind of right. You, you are I, Canadian. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> right. But what do we? What, Josh? What do we embrace? What? What? What heritage do I, we embrace? Oh, Irish, hands down. Right. That's, so why? Where? How many generations back do we have to go to be Irish, though? That's a great question. Mm, um, one I question. personally, um, I don't have an answer for. Mostly just because, um, it. One, I'm terrible at research. Absolutely yes, he is. terrible. Yes, he is. Um, but there's there's something about Ireland, and knowing that we have a tie there, to it in general, I naturally I'm like everything Irish. I mean, I have an arm that's almost not well not covered, but it's my Irish arm. And I'm, Which is his right well, hand? That or, well, I got my Mandalorian symbol on there as well. So. Do you really? Yeah, I do. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, Shut before up, the show. Before it was cool. Shut up, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in honor of our uh, our Irish heritage, Josh, you're going to grab the unmarked. You're going to grab the unmarked bottle, and you're going to pour that one. Oh. No, that's fine. I kind of like this. <laughs> so, so why the uh, Japanese? Like, I didn't even know Japanese people even drink that type of. No, I mean that's, that's racist. That is a little racist. <laughs> I well, thought it was like more like sake. Uh, it, it's not racist. It's just uneducated with distilled spirits. Uh, okay. So distillation's been happening, you know, since. Oh shit! I think Fred Minnick has it back until like the, you know, the the Egyptians. You know what I mean? So that that. You know, the Silk Road and all that stuff, it traveled back and forth. Um, and a lot of it came from a necessity to preserve their grain. You know what I mean? Um, grains don't last forever in storage, but if you distill right. them, whiskey lasts or liquor will last forever. So that was the big necessity kind of, in America anyway. The is what? it sort of kind of like wine where it's uh, the older it is, I would say like the, be- the better it is or, or no? I, I would disagree with that. There's other people that will have a different opinion. Right. The longer whiskey stays in the barrel, the more characteristics of the barrel it picks up, which tends to translate into you're drinking a piece of wood. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> so um, basically take some sawdust and throw it in a cup of water and you're basically good. <laughs> right. And you're drinking 20-year-old, you know, whatever. So, all right, all right. So what we have in our glass right now, gentlemen, is Jameson, but it's the Blender's dog version of Jameson. When we nose this, now I can smell what, it right away. I can smell it right away, even before like I even brought it to my nose. Like I can smell that. What's like, what do you has, smell? Talk to, talk about like what what's um, the difference? It, I get. I'm getting more sweetness from mm-hmm. this one than yep. the last one. Yep, it's definitely a little bit I, sweeter. I can't I can't specify the sweet what kind of sweetness, but it definitely has a sweeter note. Okay, so <laughs> Is I'm, that right? I'm about <laughs> to throw some suggestive. Uh, you know, oh, psychology on you. Uh, are you picking up any apples? No, no. But also, also, oh. my my palate is shit. So, well, you know, that's fine. I know this. I pick up uh, apples or like shortbread cookies. And what's really cool about 
whiskey and, and tasting and, and by go ahead and start drinking fellas uh is it can be something totally different for me than it is for you it has no really <laughs> subjective language i'm trying to hold in my car but i, I can't help it mm. yeah i can feel like I can feel that in like my entire mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so that they they would call that a full mouth feel, right? Um, do you feel how like this is a? Uh, it's it almost feels drier on the end, like after you swallow, and it kind of gives it a sec. It almost has like that dry wine kind of feeling. So that's the finish. I would say this finish is very very woody. So uh, I don't think there's a age statement on the bottle. Uh, you can tell it's a little bit stronger for sure. Like it's a little, makes yeah. me cough a little bit more. Uh, right. No, actually, I got a question for you. Yeah, man. Um, the legs on this appear to be different. Why is that? Describe it. Different how? Um, they seem smoother. They mm-hmm. they're not as prominent. They're um, they blend with the glass almost a lot more than the last ones did. They, um, the last one, you could definitely see them. At first, I had kind of had to look for them. I was like, man, this thing has no legs. As we go up in viscosity with the whiskeys, you will see the legs more pronounced. They'll run slower, right? So they're, the thicker they are, the, and, and again, that's what it's going to feel like. So these are much more smooth. They're coating the glass a little bit more. So that's going to translate into that full mouthfeel that, uh, that you're experiencing when you're drinking it. Uh, does this have like a like a higher sugar content possibly or uh, the- sugar content should be the same because um, none of these are are you know there's no additives or anything like that um, and whiskeys are like the I think the most low carb distillate to hey, drink keto friendly yeah <laughs> uh, actually uh, it is nice oh, yeah nice nice yeah I know like this one. You said it's it's called a full mouth feel. Mm-hmm. That that's I mean this is compared to the last one is I can feel it all over my mouth. <laughs> so the first taste I had was a little bit strong. Now this I don't know it just kind of died out a little bit. Again, so remember okay? that no I no that, I'm I, I don't even feel anything yet, but I do feel like it's kind of um a little bit smoother now. That could be just the alcohol. Yeah. So again, remember that first sip kind of introduces it to your mouth yeah. and kind of yeah. gets it prepared, and all of the the flavors are going to come in the the subsequent the subsequent mm. sips afterwards. So that's when you really get the actual flavor and and essence of the whiskey is is after your mouth chills out a little bit. Hmm. So why did you, did you ever ask your grandpa, your great grandpa, who was a grandpa or grandpa? My grandpa. My you grandpa. just said the same thing twice. I mean, I mean, grandpa or great grandpa. Why did he? Why did he come to the U.S. for? Like, why? Why did he leave Canada? Uh, so my my great grandfather migrated from <gasps> Canada in true McGlynn fashion, chasing a woman. Oh shit! My great grandmother. It wasn't Brody, was it? No, it wasn't Brody. Okay. No. <laughs> you treat her with respect. She was a good woman. <laughs> Uh, they started uh, dating, you know, they were high school sweethearts, and her mother, her brother, and her, um, their father are, uh, I guess, I, I don't even know what he, our uncle, our great-great-uncle, or whoever he is, um, passed away, and they couldn't uh, support the farm anymore in Ontario, so Grandma Monica 
Uncle Ed and uh, great 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 grandma. Oh, what's her name? Hang on. I can't even read my own handwriting. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so they come to uh, they come to Buffalo uh, to you know seek greener pastures, and my great great grandfather uh, Peter McGlynn was madly in love with Hanukkah Doyle and so he followed her over they got married in in Canada though so they went back to Canada to get married uh and then came back to to Buffalo okay. do you know why uh why they got married in Canada their love yeah oh, oh. yeah like why did they go back to Canada specific like did they go back to specifically get married just uh, a motherland. Yeah, they just went back to get married and then came back. I don't. I why I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I don't. You know that wasn't. Uh, Grandpa and I were kind of doing like the the meat and potatoes of it. Right. He had a million stories. Um, I just didn't have six hours at that moment. So <laughs> so so chapter one is like the outline, uh, and then as we go back, as I go back with Grandpa over the next couple of sessions, we're gonna fill in all those gaps in between. Um, no, I think I think one of the one of the things that I really really enjoy about um, Americans in particular, <laughs> white Americans in particular, how they, oh. well, no, I'm just saying like, cause it's almost one of those things that a lot of people, okay. I think the booth kind of hit me. So <laughs> the whiskey kind of hit me. Dude, we just started, bro. I'm light. I'm a lightweight to this shit. So I'm pretty heavy, but I'm a lightweight. So I think one of the, the coolest things about, um, you know, White Americans in particular, talking about their ancestry is because it's it's almost um. You people can pass, you know, like mm-hmm. Americans in general, like white Americans in general, can always just forget about their ancestry and be like, well, I know I'm, I think I'm Italian, I think I'm, you know, this and that, but they they really don't dive very deep into their ancestry mm-hmm. to really, and I think that ancestry in a sense, I mean, your heritage in a sense is very, it's a big part of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a big part of who you are. Maybe not, you might not even know it, but it's actually a big part of you as a person. What makes you, mm-hmm. you know, not not necessarily where you were born, but just kind of like you and your enzymes you're always talking about. My what? Your enzymes. Yeah, my enzymes. There you go, yeah. my enzymes. I won't believe until I see those enzymes. So, uh, Ian, just, you know, just to kind of follow up on that, um, I have special enzymes that allows me to eat um, hot foods. That's <laughs> my gut. It's not true. Oh, it's true. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much it's kind of like um, it's like it sounds like science. I'll buy it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like science. <laughs> so uh, keep going, Ricardo. I think that's uh, you're, you're making a, a fantastic point there. And why you said it's a it's an important part of who we are. What makes it that important part? What what makes our heritage important? Well. Like I said, I mean, first of all, your last name. That's just, I mean, that's just a given, isn't it? Like your last mm-hmm. name, McLenn. When I when I think of Mick, besides McDonald's, his <laughs> <laughs> I somebody who's Irish, you know, like um, uh, what is it, uh, Conan O'Brien? Wait, is it what? No, wait. Well, so you're you're going with the O and the apostrophe, and then the, yeah, 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 yeah. That's distinctly yeah, so, Irish as well. There you go. Like like O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what yeah. I was going. But yeah, I think that just just your last name in general. I mean, right off the bat, like it, it it's something that's, you know, <laughs> you got to sign your you know your last name for sure. So mm. I think it's 
Just just that point alone is something huge. Yeah, your surname. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, like even the name. Like anytime I go anywhere and I have to spell my last name for anybody, they're like uh, capital G, and I'm like, well, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and but then I've actually had people say, now is it a capital C or a little C? And I sit there, I'm like, why would it? Why would the C be capitalized? Right. And they're staring at me, like looking <laughs> for an answer. I was like. It's a C. Just, right. just, just write a C and just let, <laughs> let me go. But yeah, well, no, and like shortly after, everyone says, "Oh, are you Irish?" And it's like a little bit, obviously. Right. <laughs> now, um, I kind of asked them the same question, but I'll ask you, Ian. Um, what would happen if if our or Josh's DNA? How would you react to that? You know, uh, was my... there a specific? Uh, sorry, is there a specific um, percentage that you have to be to be considered Irish? Uh, absolutely not. So actually, if you if you ask me uh, what what I am, uh, I'm going to tell you first off that I'm American. Um, right. I was born here. I was raised here. Um, so that's that's me. Uh, right. Now my 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 heritage, my family origins are you know Italian and Irish, uh, but not really. Come to find out, we're we're you know on my father's side, we're Canadian. And then four generations away were I were actually English, and then five generations from that were Irish, and then you go even further, which is the right. fade into our next whiskey. We're Scottish. So Josh, hey. grab number one. Oh, huh. so far away. Scotland, yeah, it's pretty far. Hard. So the Glens, uh, the Glens originated from Scotland, and uh, and then came down. Uh, into Ireland, into Northern Ireland, uh, the Protestant-friendly section. And Ooh. oh yeah, this no, is no, no. this yeah. is an adventure. So it's a very odd smell. Right yeah, so 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 we'll, I'm going to explain this one oh. to you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, paint thinner. Uh, no, so what you're smelling, my friends, no, it's, uh, is. Go ahead. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, man, but it's, it's something different. I'll tell you that much. So Ooh. Scotch, uh, what they do with their malts, they uh, they peat them. So you're this is a highly or a very strongly peated malt whiskey. Now that so that campfire smell that you are smelling, okay, okay, <clears throat> all right, uh, is coming from the peat. So there's not a lot of not a lot of wood to be had in the Isla so it's area. Smoky. Yeah, super, super smoky. So there's a bunch of different regions when you're drinking scotch whiskeys. So what your flavor of scotch is kind of is going to be specifically tuned into whatever area, whether it's the Highlands, whether it's Speyside. This is is Ardbeg, 10-year-old, and it comes from the Isla region of Scotland. And Isla is notorious for strongly peated uh, scotches. So... Uh, I wanted to send something that would kind of get your attention, kind of break you from that sweet whiskey stuff. Uh, so this this is not a beginner scotch. This is a this is a, a very niche yeah, kind of shit. thing. Uh, yeah. So the proof is is low, <laughs> right? But it's it's super smoky, and you can tell like the color uh, variance. It's it's really light in color. They use old bourbon barrels uh, for their their barrel age or to. Uh, to age their their whiskey in, so it's it's super old. I'm, I ain't gonna lie, I'm I'm a little afraid to yeah, taste this. I'm, I'm, I'm a little I'm, nervous. I'm... <laughs> right, hey. Salute. Yeah. Cheers. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> that, I'll put hair on your balls. Whoa. Yeah, put hair some oh. they'll put some hair on your hair. <laughs> Shit. Oh. Hey, you might have to um... I was like, I gotta put this on my head. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Whew. What is this? Like what is this called again? So this is Ardbeg, and uh, any of my whiskey listeners right now are going, Ian, why the fuck did you give them Ardbeg? So um, that is so this bad. is yeah this Ooh. is kind of a an intense uh, scotch now uh, wow. if you're looking for something kind of light and delicate where we've been so far with the other two uh, look at Glen Morangi anything in the Highlands area is going to give you that little bit sweeter of a profile um, stay away from anything that is spelled with I S L A Y and it's not Islay it's pronounced Isla so, so any- like dude, I can, so I can feel it coming out of my nose so right off the bat like I, I felt like it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But it leaves kind of like a after like a gasoline aftertaste. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so that I don't know what, that you know finish. What I mean? it, no, that the the yeah, finish is like a, again like, is super super smoky and peaty. Yeah, it, it almost it tastes good at first, and then after that, it's kind of like oh oh yeah. So uh, the Glens, um, you know, again, like we said, we came from Scotland first into Northern Ireland into uh, holy shit. <laughs> if it's if it's gonna hurt you fellas you can please don't don't feel uh obligated. don't let's step about that please yeah. i don't want to get you don't know how to get you so uh we, so we're we, warehouse rats we're <laughs> warehouse rats so uh, we we drink two, anything in front of us yeah anything so well, three, anything too. <laughs> we uh we uh the Glens migrated into slaggle ireland uh in slaggle county uh that's where we kind of set up shop before we bailed Ireland during the potato famine in the 1840s, 1850s, and went over to uh, Lancaster County in England. Oops. You know, again, we're giving a detailed history of the McGlynn family. Uh, <laughs> but back to the important, why is that important? Why does it matter? You know, the, the question that you asked, um, you know, I am a strong believer in to know where I'm going. I got to know where I came from and not just right. me, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to hold on to the, the struggles that my family went through, but I need to know, I need to know the journey. Um, right, and that's actually the, uh, that's actually a really good point where where I feel like a lot of Americans unfortunately kind of forget about that. You know, not not just Americans, but people in general, they forget about that um, that journey that brought them to where they're at. So a lot, you know, they say a lot of new immigrants are very very um, prosper. They like to prosper a lot because they they know they've had it worse in a sense, maybe. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So. A lot of people forget. A lot of new new generation Americans forget where, how they got there. You know what I mean? Mm. A lot of African Americans unfortunately forget how they got there, which is I guess not a good, good um example, but it's a great example in a sense. It's a, you know what I mean? Okay. So they they've been through so much, they should appreciate. No, appreciate. That's gonna sound make me sound weird. Um, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Or no, uh, no, hundred percent. And I think if if more people looked into their history, because there's a lot of people that hold on to history that's not theirs. Right. Uh, It's a perception that's theirs because of their name or because of their, you know, uh, in in the episode I did with uh, my buddy Austin, he had a phenomenal um, in in talking about the slave trade and how awful it was. uh, and, And one of the worst things he said was that we we took them out of their countries, brought them here, and we took their names from them because they took the names of their slave owners, right? Right. And, and that could have been the worst thing ever. 
Um, so their original name, they we took from them, or or, or right. not not we, you know, we had nothing to do with it. This was, you know, forever ago. Um, but but their names were taken, and that they lost that that part of their heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I think there's a lot of people that cling to something, and and we're one of those people. You know, we cling to the Irish. Why? Because it's sexier than Canadian. I I I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, I think it's. Yeah, that's actually good. See, even though Canada's bigger and it's it's very their healthcare is way better. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) But but in a sense, like if you kind of look at um Canada, in a sense, it's it's very similar to the U.S. where there's a conglomerate of of nationalities. You know what I mean? So it's not like you're saying I'm Canadian. Uh, There's nothing. Well. There's also, you know, there's a Canadian culture, you know, like there is an American culture, right? Like Where French. No. Can you please stop interrupting me? <laughs> take a shot. Jeez, this is not working. Drink, yeah, drink, this, drink the smoky drink. stuff. Yeah. <sighs> so, like, like I was saying, uh, Canada, <laughs> Canada oh. is not a, a, I guess it's, it's a multitude of countries that live there, right? So even no. though they do have a, what? No, it's one country. <laughs> It is people of different ethnicities that unite to become Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Just the same way that U.S. is the same concept, where there's so many, so there's so many ethnicities to make the U.S. what it is. <coughs> so, <clears throat> even though there's there's a difference between Canada and U.S. because of the culturally, there's differences. You know, whether it's from the south to the north. Or yeah, you know, I mean, the north and the south. For example, like he lives in the east coast, we live in the Midwest, right? So even though they're we're in the U.S., we're still Are a little you sure we're Midwest somewhere. I thought we were like yeah, it's the, the Rust Belt. It's it's officially the Midwest. I mean, it's officially the Midwest. Yeah. You are in the the far eastern part. <laughs> we're officially Midwest. Yeah. No, but I'm saying like there's a there's culturally the Midwest is a little bit different than the east and the south. Drink you some know, water, so, Josh. I, yeah. I can still taste that stuff. Like it, I, I can taste it in my nose. I can't, like my my tongue, my tongue can't taste anything right now. But I can taste it in my nose. I guess what it really boils down to is Canada, in the sense, hasn't been that been there for that long. As far as I mean, you've been there for <laughs> as, as long as we have. I mean, I, I don't think in an official uh, function. I'm not real smart on Canadian history, so. Uh, I'd, I'd love to get a, an education from any of my listeners who can give me some Canadian history. Um, but our, our borders were established with them during, you know, like the Revolutionary War periods in the late 18th century. So so they, they've, they've been there um, in some form of faction, you know, whether it was the French that occupied it or the Brits or whoever, um, you know, somebody was there um, occupying the area at, at about that same time. So, you know, they they've their history is is maybe not quite as old, you know, due to the, but isn't was uh, see and this is where I I suck. I think uh, was it Leif Erikson came over like he was like the Viking dude that came over and landed in like Newfoundland or some shit, right? Um, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. The most I know about Canada is that they're super into hockey and <laughs> uh, the show Leonard Kenny takes place there. That's that's about. As far as my knowledge of Canada goes, Tim well, Hortons, dog. What? Tim Hortons. 
donut holes and coffee. It's the best thing ever. Tim Horton. <laughs> no, I, I think it's um the Canada in itself. It's like it really, even though it has been there for a long time. I mean, it's been what is it con- was it conquered by the English a long time ago? Canada. Yeah. Isn't it still part of the 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 U um the UK kingdom in a sense? No. 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 Oh. I thought they, that's why they have a prime minister, don't they? I, I don't why they have any... they have what? A prime minister. A prime minister? No, that's just their system of government. Oh. All right. Well. Yeah. So they. they I mean, it it models I'll, it it models the <laughs> the the Brits system of government, but it's not a. Uh, they're not affiliated. I mean, the, I mean, there's like French Canada, which is right. I don't even I think that's Montreal area. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's so they're they're a mix like a, a you know maybe not quite as much of a melting pot, but similar too. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, and I'm not saying that to say like America's like we're the better melting pot. You know what I mean? Like it's just we're just different. Right. Um, you know. So, but the I guess in the, I guess what I was kind of like you know trying to say is that the u.s and canada are very similar in, in the fact that they're melting pots and even though their history does go back for a long time i mean the 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 natives are the ones that were the originators i guess in a sense you know yeah where where if you look at irish there's a would, it, would you say there's a longer history with them like the irish between who well i mean i mean how long uh, the Irish culture in itself, how long has it been considered Ireland? Like oh. the country? Like the country, yeah. The like country the country, yeah, yeah. A I while. Think, yeah, I, early, oh, you know, I, I'm not even going to shoot a shoot a guess, but, you know, what, okay. you tell you go back into the, like the, the Druids and the, you know, when, when Rome was coming over, so that right. would have been what, you know, four or 500 A.D.? You know, there were folks there again, but, uh, you know, at, at that time there were also uh, indigenous people living here, you know, the land bridge from Russia and then down into, you know, South America and all that stuff. And so there's people, there's people here and those, you know, those, those are honestly the, you know, uh, the native, you know, well, the native Americans, I guess is the term weird, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, they, they're the only, you know, uh, you know, everybody else got here eventually right. they, they were here so uh you know if we're i took a uh, class uh, of the first americans so i'm really familiar with uh the first americans yeah that lost that lost my books <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 bridge you're talking about is the great siberian um bridge <laughs> nice nice <laughs> <laughs> from the little that i remember was uh something to do with the Connecting the, the ice, the ice that yeah. was connected between Siberia, Russia, and Alaska. They... Isn't it Alaska? Yeah, I mean it wasn't it's... Alaska at the time. Right, but you know, uh, yeah, Sarah Sarah Palin can see uh, can see <laughs> Russia from her house. From her house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was kitty though. She was a cutie. She was, hundred percent. But uh, so in in you know now our our conversation is is migrating much like we did back to America. Let's drink some American whiskey, huh? So, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Josh, grab number five. Is this one a little nicer than the last one? Oh, hell yes. Okay. Oh. I can still taste it. And, and you will for the next day or so. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Ardbeg oh, hangs out with you. Oh, I, I gave myself too much. Do you Sorry, want no, you're good. Oh. 
All right, so the first thing we should see that's different is the color. Yeah. So you get that. Much darker. Much darker. So this is uh, Knob Creek twice-barreled rye. This is a rye whiskey, which means the primary ingredient or the the most the, the highest majority ingredient is uh, a rye grain. So ryes tend to be a little bit spicy. Uh, you get some sweet Ooh. notes. You get some like cake notes almost. So like sweet bread, cornbread are things that are commonly referred to when you're drinking rye whiskeys. Um, but when you drink the rye whiskey, so let me know when you're... Uh... Bless you. Oh, that's good. Mm. I like it. Um, tingly on the tongue. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's that oh, that yeah. rye, that spicy uh, note that you'll get from rye whiskeys. So rye. Uh, talk about the Monongahela rye. Um, going back into the the late uh, 18th century, uh, rye was one of the predominant whiskeys that was made in America first before we started growing corn in mass amounts. Uh, and it was in kind of in the Maryland, Pennsylvania area where it was kind of all generating from. So rye was really the first whiskey that started making its mark in America. And then once uh, once they found the awesome farmland of Kentucky or the Kentucky region, uh, corn kind of took over and became the next uh, predominant grain in whiskeys. Hmm. But hmm. fun whiskey talk. But this is, now, this is you, great stuff. You, um... Oh shit! <laughs> the now, first one was nice and smooth. You now weren't, it's... you weren't ready. <laughs> I'm not ready. Um, have you been to Kentucky? To the what's like? What's in Kentucky? Um, what's that? Um, uh, the Jim Beam. Jim Beam. I have been there. Yep. in Kentucky. I did the Beam tour. I've got a, a. Uh, we did that in 2016, I think. And I have. Uh, I bottled my own bottle of Knob Creek, and I have. Uh, like you put your thumbprint in the wax. So I've got that bottle oh, still nice. sitting on my bar unopened yeah nice. now, a... now is it is it true i mean I, i'm pretty sure well i heard this that where where uh that factory is actually located the distillery is located it's actually a dry county except for like the, they can only they can only um they have permission to actually have those tours but it's actually a dry county i'm not sure about claremont in kentucky no i know kentucky has the most dry counties of any state currently in america so, right. I, but I'm not sure specifically if that is. Now, I know for a fact that I think it's uh, Lincoln County where the Jack Daniels Distillery is in Tennessee. Oh, that's what I was, yeah, yeah okay. so that is a dry county, and Maybe the I was way about that one. they they do some some okie doke stuff there. I did a tour there too. Uh, phenomenal place, great stuff. But the way they do it is you buy a commemorative bottle and they gift oh. you the whiskey that's inside of it. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's that's their their work around the law. Oh, shit. Got, that's kind yeah. of like a, it's like a real... I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know what that means. <laughs> it's a rehoming rehoming uh, gift. Tennessee whiskey, which we're gonna get to eventually, is made a little bit differently. So what we're drinking now, it's a rye whiskey. It's made from a, a bourbon producer. So bourbon is the is the distinctive Native American spirit. So bourbon Ooh. can only be made in America, right? Like the, um, like the, like the dot or the feather. <laughs> that, that's racist. No, no, no. no it's. Uh, I mean, it's uh, the the bourbon is native to America. So oh. so <laughs> no other no other country in the world can make a whiskey and call it bourbon. Oh. 
Oh, okay. Kind of like champagne or tequila or whatever. Right. And just like American whiskeys can never be called Scotch or Irish whiskeys. Because they have to be made in those those areas, like, legally. It's too technical. I mean, it's too, I guess. <laughs> so okay. uh, the way they get around that is, you know, um, they make whiskeys that are similar to Scotch. Like, the ingredients are the same. The barrels are the same. The, it's just in America instead of Scotland. They have to call it something like a single malt whiskey. They can't call it Scotch. Scotch is, wow. is reserved only for whiskeys that are made in Scotland. Hmm. So... That is interesting to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I guess it makes it makes sense. I mean, a Scottish a Scottish uh, whiskey in the U.S. would just be whiskey. Well, it it's good enough for them to sell it here, though. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, we are uh, the consumers are just about everything, all the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Bad. Now, bad is relative. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a matter now, of. Can you go into um for somebody like me who is very non like I love history um. But actually, when I first when I first went to college, I want to be a history teacher, just because I really love the the history aspect of of this country and oh, I mean any country pretty much. Can you go a little bit explain what you know about prohibition? Because I just saw a little thing about prohibition, and I always think about what the fuck were we thinking? <laughs> like like seriously, what like now like what I see at like a uh, major events like boxing, baseball when I go to a baseball game. Bro, it, it's it gets crazy. I mean, they sell fucking ten dollar beers, and people are buying them like left and right, you know. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine why people thought about prohibiting the use of alcohol. Uh, so prohibition has been a huge uh, aspect of my my study, and and uh, why why it happened, how it happened, um, and what stopped it. Uh, so it is. So again, alcohol is the only. Uh, substance that has changed America's constitution. So, uh, nineteen uh, was it nineteen nineteen? The Eighteenth Amendment gets ratified, and the Eighteenth Amendment says, you know, the sale, distribution, uh, and production of uh, intoxicating beverages is now illegal. So, on the federal level, now before nineteen nineteen, um, as early back as eighteen fifty, there were states like Maine, uh, Mississippi, uh, a whole bunch of states. Uh, on the state level, prohibited alcohol. So now it, be, it, it gets the federal shutdown. Uh, the, the constitution of our country is amended to shut down, um, to shut down whiskey. So it, it was led by uh, there. There were three big, uh, three big factors into that: the Women's Christian Temperance Movement or Union, uh, the Anti Saloon League, and what was the other one? Oh shit. Um, anyway, so they start uh, advocating for prohibition, and uh, alcohol had gotten really uh, a really negative rap mm-hmm. um, in the years preceding up to it. Um, and one one of the big factors that allowed it to happen was they stopped taxing whiskey for federal revenue and started the income tax. In I think that was in 1913. They okay. passed it, so so nobody paid income tax for like legitimately consistently until that year. So now all of a sudden, here's this revenue. They don't need whiskey tax to survive anymore, which opened the door for the ability to shut down whiskey altogether in America. Hmm. So, or it's you know one of the factors, and then uh, you know it was very quickly ratified because so many states were already prohibiting its sale and, and stuff like that. Now you could drink it all day long. There was no, it wasn't illegal to consume. It was just illegal to buy, sell, or make. 
So, so yeah. Yeah, is it, well, okay. right. And then in true <laughs> typical American fashion, once somebody tells us we can't do something, what do we do? We do it. Fuck you, right. I can't. <laughs> hey, hold my beer. <laughs> Which is now illegal. On the on the same kind of discussion of prohibition, I gotta bring up the movie Untouchables. Kevin Cosner and Sean Connery. Strictly speaking, how accurate is that movie? I would have to watch it first. You what? <laughs> You've never seen Untouchables? No. Oh, dude. Um, Sean Connery has this great line where this uh, uh, this guy who works for Capone shows up in his house with like this knife. <laughs> sure enough, here's Sean Connery with a like sawed-off shotgun. He's like, well, he drops a um, a derogatory term for an Italian, so I'm not gonna say that. But you know he's what? like you know what no he said <laughs> to bring a knife to a gunfight <laughs> get out of here you bastard <laughs> it's, oh it's a great movie you got to see that oh so <clears throat> kind of um going on that prohibition um and I don't want to go too deep into it if you don't want to go into deep <laughs> but I, <clears throat> the warehouse rats we like to go deep yeah <laughs> um but do you think that prohibition um that we're living the the end of the marijuana prohibition? Yes, 100%. And we, Austin and I spent a lot of time talking about that before. Uh, so a lot of this gets tied into uh, morality politics and morality law. Right. So uh, things that uh, America doesn't like, they have a tendency to tax the shit out of, and they call it a sin tax, Right. Um, so, uh, gambling, uh, tobacco, alcohol, those kinds of things, um, are taxed so highly because, you know, they, they create a, you know, a charge on the government because people consume them and then they need medical care and then they, you know, it's a, so it's this, this thing. Um, uh, but I, I believe we are, and you're starting to see the states adopted as being a good thing. And the states are, that are adopting it are using that, that tax money, uh, in very positive ways. So I think it's just a matter of time before all the states take it and finally the federal government says, okay, cool, uh, you know, let's get over ourselves, let's make some money off of it, and and they pass it on the federal level. Uh, now, for the uh, listeners, we are located in Michigan, um, which is a— um, We are a green state. We are a green state. <laughs> we lived not in— like, we li- like state, like Michigan state, but like— no. <laughs> A deeper green. A deeper yeah. green. <laughs> More hazy. <laughs> there you go. You're a hazy green state. Yeah. So we Chip lived in uh, Colorado when, because I think Colorado was one of the first two states, Colorado yeah, and Washington, yeah. uh, to make it legal. And we were there. We were living in it when uh, when it happened, and uh, uh, and that was a hell of a day, uh, you know. And and I think there was this this kind of like deep breath to brace yourself from all this crazy shit that was about to happen, and nothing happened. But because it's a bunch of guys who went out then and smoked pot who they were smoking pot before now they yeah. did, just didn't have to hide so much and uh <laughs> you know uh and then all of a sudden you know sales in doritos and fritos went up through the fucking you know roof and <laughs> but see uh, with that deep breath you had to take to prepare for it i mean it basically gave you a contact buzz <laughs> <laughs> true talk no, I, I think that it's kind of a weird thing because you know growing up i mean even my dad and my mom especially my mom actually but my dad and was like so against like smoke like smoking weed is just like 
It's crazy. Um, just to think about a, a state making it legal where where it can possibly change how people making it. I guess, I guess growing up knowing that yeah you know not even only my parents but school and you know like weed is bad you know weed was one of the yeah. the things that they you know was one of the dare programs oh, yeah. well, target I, rem- I remember know? in high school where like somehow it would get out throughout the students that they would be doing a search in lockers right and then you would go through sections of lockers where it would smell like school and then bam a wall of cologne for about seven lockers <laughs> and then it would smell like the school again and it's wow. like wow it's like i think there might be something in this right. uh, general vicinity yeah now i never um i think i didn't smoke until i was allegedly until like i was um i was actually fairly young i think i was already in well, you started drinking in elementary school, yeah, so. pretty much. <laughs> I think like seventh grade, maybe. And I didn't even smoke it. I mean, I. So <clears throat> my cousin was a um, who was also in the military, <laughs> but uh, he had to drop out because he got into some trouble. But anyways, <clears throat> wait, he had to. I don't think you can he's, drop out from the military. <laughs> he's a dropout, okay? <laughs> no, no, he got it. I guess he got into a fight with the, one of his superiors, and I think he was he was in jail for a little bit. Oh. And then I think he got discharged. I don't know if it was honorable or not I, honorable. I, I can't. I can't imagine that. Be like, well, hey. you're a military guy, so well. Let me ask you this. It's actually a good question. Uh, I've always thought about this because I heard before, the only way to get uh, dishonorably discharged is like if you do something really fucked up, like I don't know, being like a informant or something like that. Is that true, or is can you just? I, and do you mean like, like a traitor? Like a traitor. Yeah, a traitor. My bad. Like a <laughs> well, fucking, like a Russian traitor. <laughs> there's there's a, a large list of uh of things that can get you a a dishonorable discharge so it's it's not just like a pigeon holder or very specific there's you know uh felony level uh, crimes that you commit you know while you're in the service would probably you know and again it's it's all <laughs> how good is your lawyer you know um right, that, that right. applies to uh, the one thing, you know, dishonorables and, and there's so there's dishonorable, there's other than honorable, um, there's general and then there's honorable. So uh, so if you get an other than honorable, you know, it's it's still kind of it's not as bad as a dishonorable. So right. uh, you didn't murder anybody, but you done something bad enough to not get, you know, out with a smiley face. <laughs> you know, you, you, you got the what's the, the emoji, the the straight mouth emoji, you know, where <laughs> the yeah, there you go. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Josh just did a perfect okay. uh, straight mouth emoji for those of you who are listening right where, now. Where was I? <laughs> where, was, where was I with this shit? Um, oh, anyways, when I was in, when I was like in middle school. We're talking about weed. Um, yeah. When I, when I was in middle school, he uh, he had some weed and I found it. And then, well, he had took it out. But, um, so you so didn't I, bite so it? I, yeah, so I took out a little piece and I started burning it with a little, with the lighter and stuff. And I just like. Yeah, they inhaled it a little bit, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, that shit got me nice, and I started cracking up, and just like, you know, then my parents found out, and it was really weird. It was awkward. I got talked to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the like the closed door conversations that you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, weed was never a thing for me in high school. Uh, so all of my friends did it, but I, I asked them to, you know, I, I didn't want any part of it. I didn't want it to do it around me, and they, they respected that, which I thought was pretty cool. So I, I actually didn't see weed in person 
uh, until after I joined the army. Um, and some dumbass dropped his dime bag in the day room and when, you know, the, the duty sergeant found it and, uh, we were actually, we were in there dragging our buddy out, um, who was in there drunk and shouldn't have been. So we're trying to get him out of there. And, uh, and all of a sudden the, the duty sergeant like pops up out of nowhere and he's like, is this yours? And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, is that, <laughs> it's is that oregano? I know I said that. I was like, I, I don't know what you're, he's like, bullshit. And storms off. And I'm, oh yeah, that led to a long evening, um, sleeping outside, waiting to get a, a urinalysis later. So, but, uh, yeah. But no, it was uh, it was never a thing for me, and, and drugs have never been a thing for me, and and right. because of that, I have I have a lot of negative perception about you know uh, you know uh, illicit drug use. You know, uh, weed may be the most benign, coolest thing ever that cures cancer, and it still has that negative connotation for me just yeah. because mm-hmm. of my own perception for it. Now, you know, it's still federally a thing, and I'm a federal. Well, I I belong to an organization that falls under the federal government so it i can't do it um right and i think for that it's you know that you know i i do follow the rules most of the time well, we're, so. we're warehouse rats and uh, we can't do it but there are some people who choose to do it at their own risk <laughs> yes <laughs> and then they run into stuff you want to get a random your analysis we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah that's just that's that's the funny stuff mm-hmm. when people get randomly not randomly. No, it's not random. <laughs> not random. <laughs> <laughs> you crashed a forklift. You're now gonna go pee in a bottle. Hey Josh, pop open number four. Oh. And uh and let's let's get going into number four. Number four. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, so so drugs have been, you know, they they kind of a uh I, I view them a lot more negatively, I think, than a lot of people do. But again, you know, to kind of bring this back full circle, uh, I think we will see, you know, the the pro. We are living in a time of prohibition, and you know, instead of alcohol, it's you know, it's it, it's drugs. So um, I don't think you know opiates and meth and heroin will ever be legal, but uh, I think um, I think marijuana will definitely be something that we see in our lifetime get you know federally recognized and and taxed and you know becomes a thing. Yeah, because uh, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Cocaine's hell of a hell drug. Of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, so what? So number four. What's no, number four? Number four is uh, barrel bourbon. It's a single barrel select. So I'm I'm a part of a club, uh, and this guy goes and he picks out single barrels. Yeah, so we're going up a notch here on this one, fellas. Um, so this is a 14 year old whiskey. Okay, so the oldest that we've drank up to this point has been 10. So now we're getting into that 14-year range where they would call this complex. So whenever you see a tasting note for whiskey that says complex, it means it tastes like the goddamn barrel. Uh, over, uh, I'm going to call it overpriced because I believe it is um, older bourbons um, to where, you you know, it's American-made. Uh, so what we're drinking came out of one barrel, so there's no... Uh, you know, there's no delusion or anything like that. It's uh, you know, pretty much out of the barrel and into the bottle. No, I can so, taste. I could. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Josh. Okay. Um, I can taste the um. This is a this is a 108 proof, by the way, boys. Shit, oh. I wonder. Uh, right off the bat, I can taste a little bit smoky, almost like the um the Scottish one. Not mm-hmm. as quite as smoky for no. sure, but definitely I can taste a little bit smokier. Yep. And I don't know if just 
All the whiskey sweeter. is uh, just frying my taste buds. This is like super hot on the tongue. Yes, super it is. Hot. Going, yep. it's, it's super almost, hot. Yep. Super hot. I was gonna say that too. Um, that my tongue is a little numb. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So and and the hey. reason. <laughs> <laughs> what, what good does that do you? I as long as somebody else is pleased. <laughs> what? So <laughs> back to the whiskey. That got weird. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, you don't want to start off when you're when we're you're doing a tasting. You don't want to start off with like the super hot shit because that will it will just it fries the palate and then there's there's no going back. So you you start low. You start in that that gentle soft eighty ninety range and you kind of work your way from there. So it's fucking strong though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's strong. Okay, it's, so do you each, as... do you each hold on? Do you each have some still left in your glasses? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So take a little bit, just a tiny little bit, a drop or two. Of water and put it in your whiskey. Just a little bit. Yeah. I'm, just yeah, just a fine. drop. I'm fucking up now. Now, like a bloop or a bloop. <laughs> uh, right I, I would say uh, uh, your bloops are too long, so just a bloop. Okay. Like a. Like when you start pissing. So when I when I so Josh for a reference when I when I add water I do it either a a, a cap of a water bottle or I do a. Uh, like a, I've got glass straws that we'll put little water in, and then oh, just smart. do a drop. Okay. So before you drink it, switch it around a little bit. Let the water kind of get in there, ruminate and stuff. So one of the coolest things about um, your higher proof whiskeys, uh, rye, bourbons, whatever they are, um, a little bit of water can completely change what you're drinking. So it opens up. Um, all of the aromas and all of the stuff. Um, this for the sorry, if this is uh, yeah, no, no, go for it. Man. Um, Instagram. so, uh, so it, it can totally change whatever you're drinking. So, when you're getting into those higher proof whiskeys, it's a real good idea to, to you want to try it neat. And when we say neat, we mean without any water or ice or anything like that. Uh, but then add ice, add water, you know, and see, see where it goes from there because it can totally change. Mm. Oh, it's not as strong, but it's still, still. It's, <coughs> it's not as sharp on the tongue now. Mm, you're yep. right. Like it, it. It went to the back of my nose. That or my tongue <laughs> is numb. So really your tongue, it sounds like your tongue is numb. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it'll, it'll work. Yeah. Hmm. So but no, like, but but no. yeah, it definitely, it definitely took. Uh, again, the only way I can think of it is sharp. It took something sharp off my tongue by adding the water. Yep. But now I can feel it in my teeth. <laughs> I felt it. Really? I felt it in my, my nose. But I also have gingivitis, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Too much information there. So I have a, uh, it's a Knob Creek. I think it's a, a 14 or a 15 year. Um, and when you drink it neat, it, uh, it, it punches you right in the mouth and it's, it's really kind of woody and kind of just, it's real like just angry. So whenever I drink that, what I'll do is I'll put in a cap full of, of water, uh, or a single ice cube and just kind of let it chill out for about five minutes or so and come back. And it's just this caramely sweet, uh, just delicious drink. That's, you know, it's completely different from, from when it came out of the bottle. Uh, it's got a chance to breathe and let some of that alcohol vapor off, and then uh, the water just kind of 
opens everything up and just really adds to it. So now, do you ever add um? So actually, I, when I was used to working um a different um part of the Michigan, it's called it's actually called uh, Ben Harlem for a reason. What? <laughs> it's, it's called Ben Harlem, but it's Ben Harbor. Are you talking? About, yeah, Ben Harbor. Yeah, no, I know. I know yeah, what Ben, ben Harbor. Okay. Um, I didn't know this until he actually told me, but he was actually like a wine connoisseur type of person. He said that um, when I told him, I was like, I I like wine, but a lot of the dry stuff I just don't not the biggest fan of. He said, Well, why don't you just add a little bit of sugar? I'm just like, Ah, oh, I don't know about that. Now, do you ever add sugar to your any of your uh, product to make it a little bit sweeter? I know probably probably not, but you know. no. So I, you know, or do if... you ever add anything else to make it taste a little bit different? Besides the water or, or rice, maybe. No, so I have um, I have mixers. Is that a your bottom shelf whiskeys, right? So your let's and I'm gonna call it bottom shelf. It's still great stuff. Uh, right. Your Jim Beam White Label, your Jack Daniels Black Label, right? Um, those aren't necessarily made to be drank uh, neat like we're drinking now. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Those those are made to be put in cocktails and to be put into different stuff. So. Um, in the summertime, I, I love sipping, but uh, on the really hot days, what I'll do is I'll take, uh, you know, the the Jim Beam. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, I'll take the Jim Beam White or the Evan uh, Evan Williams Bottled and Bond, um, and I'll I'll mix it with like a lemon seltzer water or a lime seltzer water and ice in like a mason jar. Okay. And I'm I'm green. I love those things. Those are those are awesome. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so yeah, this is a this is a, a heavy hitter. Um, so so we're 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 all over the place with the with <laughs> with the whiskeys and stuff, you know. And uh, we, we kind of drifted sorry. away from from the heritage stuff. No, and that's that's totally no, cool. Uh, sorry, I mean interrupt, interrupt you. Yeah, yes, no, you did. yeah. Oh. But we're the warehouse rats. We don't have any type of um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. St- standard, you know. Um, <laughs> What? I don't know. We don't have. Um... Let's proceed. Let's proceed. <laughs> Let's proceed. So, so talk to me about your heritage, Ricardo. What? what? What do you know? So, talk to me. Give me some family history. So, my family history is very, um, very simple, I guess. Well, maybe not simple. I'm not too sure. Well, I'm not, obviously, I'm Mexican. Um, obviously. What? <laughs> yes, I am of Mexican descent. Um, Where's your sombrero? That's fucking racist, man. <laughs> no, um, my people come Josh. from. Josh, I know, right? Behave yourself. He keeps well, it in the I've sombrero room. I've heard it's like super sunny and hot in Mexico, right, so and they wear sombreros to keep the sun out of their face. I wear one in um where I live too in, in the summertime. Seriously? Not a sombrero, but a hat. Oh. Well, it's not the same. But it seems it's shut up. Anyway. <clears throat> so um so I actually um we come from the state of Michoacan, which is a um is a state that's in Mexico. <laughs> it's in Yeah. Where is it at? I think I say it's uh mid Mexico, so mid to south maybe. Okay. I'm not too sure. Um my grandfather on my dad's side, he is, he was Mexican too. <laughs> and my mom, my, <laughs> now the, the, the ironic, not the ironic, but the cool thing about my heritage, I guess, is, um, 
my my mom's dad um passed away when he was like 103 years old i think 101 or 102 he was over 100 for sure because i know they celebrated his birthday um they you know they had like um where he used to live they celebrated his birthday um like with a big party just to not just to celebrate that he was over 100 years old but <clears throat> get it together josh all right keep going so he was over 100 years old yep so as far as i know um like i talked to him when he used to come to um to the u.s once in a while but it's been such a long time that i just don't i never asked him like I, and it's kind of funny that we're, we're talking about this because i really wanted to know like what where his people came from just because he was he was so old even when i was when I remember, he was like already in his nineties, so it was like it was. It was always interesting to think about where we came from as a people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I know we weren't. Um, I know. So originally, I think that. Um. So from what I know about Mexican history in itself is that we're, we are, obviously native, native to the Americas, and also come from the. <clears throat> Spanish, the Europe, our European side comes from the Spanish side, right? But I would, I would love to know when that really transitioned over, when that happened. But I, unfortunately, I don't have that, that information. So, yeah. So, uh, what, what generation? I mean, uh, what generation came to America? Your dad, your granddad, your great granddad. So, so you. Ten, yeah, me, technically speaking. So, when. When I was younger, we came to the U.S. when I was like five, five or six, right? And then my dad—I mean, I, my dad had been here a long time before, but he moved back. My my uh, my dad's dad actually was—I uh, uh, was gonna say citizenized. He's nat- he was naturalized. <laughs> my my dad's dad. <laughs> my dad's dad. My my dad's mom was naturalized. Um, long time ago back in the day so but unfortunately they passed away already but but yeah so my dad's not my dad's technically not american either but he's you know he's a legal resident so you know uh so is my mom we're legal guys we're legal <laughs> wait no wait legal 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 okay yeah. <laughs> um say because if you say illegal too loud then you know who will uh <laughs> well yeah, the, the big bad, the big bad wolf. <laughs> big bad Dorito. <laughs> no, but um, I mean, we're we're definitely a lot. Most of my family lives here in the U.S., so it's kind of. Now I do say that I will say that my mom's, my mom's mom and a few of her her sisters do live in Mexico still. So, yep. Um. She will come up here. She she came up here maybe twice when I since I've been alive, I guess. And they stay with us and some other relatives. But my my grandpa who passed away that was over a hundred years old, he didn't he didn't like it up here too much. So you know, that's why he decided not to come up here too often. So, and now my my grandma unfortunately she's I mean she's she's a lot a lot older now, so she doesn't like to you know come up here to travel. Yeah. Yep. So. So that that's very interesting, and I, you know, I wouldn't consider myself uh, an immigrant, but obviously we're we're two generations separated from uh, our our immigrants, and 
or our great grandparents who immigrated in. Um, and then again, this is just uh, my father's side. I again, I right. grossly undereducated on my mother's side, um, and I'm I that's that's next. You know, once I mm-hmm. I put together the uh, the McGlynn history uh I, I intend to go over to the Destefano side and and do that too because you know you know that's just 50 percent of the equation so i think that's kind of the, the interesting thing about um about the mexican the whole mexican uh culture in itself right so mexicans and, and americans i mean we're so close i mean literally you know neighbors right and there's um some there are some uh there are some mexican americans nowadays We'll we'll have let's let's just take uh, Tiny T right. Oh yeah, Sketchy T, Darla. Sketchy T or Darla, whatever you want to name her, right? So she comes from a long line of Americans or Mexicans, Mexican Americans, Texicans, right? So if you look at Texans, if you look at Texans or or people from California as well, Californians or Arizonians or New Mexicans. Um, a lot, a lot of those people are like, have been Americans. If you look at their lineage, they've been Americans for such a long time. Now you look at you, you people. Not you people. Whoa, 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 whoa. 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 What do you mean, you people? <laughs> no, if you look at like, for example, your lineage. Um, you say you're second. We would call yourself second generation Americans, or third generation. Yes. One. Right to fourth yeah okay fourth but some of uh some of like the mexican um some of the mexican americans that we have now like for example living in texas or arizona any any place that's fairly close to the the, the mexican border are like you know we're talking like generation after generation of americans where you know but somehow they've been able to to keep that you know that those traditions now they're a little bit different, obviously, but they're definitely very similar to the Mexican. You know what I mean? And if you look at some of the um, the white Americans, um, some of them, not, whoa, don't look at me like that. Some of, some of the white Americans, um, or people, let's just say people of color, or people of color, people. <laughs> Wait, you're well, talking about white people now, people <laughs> of color. I don't think you understand what people you're talking about. Let's just say that people that's not of Mexican descent, right? Um, sometimes like after like the second or third generation, they kind of forget about, you know, the lineage and just kind of become Americans in themselves, and kind of forget about that, that where they come from, where some of these Texicans, some of these Arizonians, um, right. are so, um, I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. Um, you lost me at Darla. Well, <laughs> I what I was saying is, is this, is this, uh, this thing? What I was saying is Darla, she's been she's like maybe five, six generations American, but she's still Mexican American. Okay. So it's kinda cool. So you had a super long story for a very quick fact. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's how I operate. Okay. So cool story, Yeah, cool story, bro. Uh so the, <laughs> the the Texas part of that is is pretty cool because I mean, you know, Texas uh, belonged in California, belonged to Mexico for uh, up until recent history. And, and when I say recent history, obviously, you know, we're talking, you know, 200 some odd years, but, but that's in the grand scheme of things. That's, that's really recent. That's not so long ago. So um, it, it, in the annexation of, 
of Texas and, and all those areas is uh, a, a pretty pretty unique story. You know, Mexico thought they had a border here, and America thought we had a border there, and then Mexico crossed a river thinking it was their river, but we thought it was our river, and, you know, now we're fighting, and it's, you know, that's the, the Mexican the, the Mexican war <laughs> that we, right. we had with them, you know what I mean? Um, all because of, you know, uh, I, I think there was a, a language uh, barrier that didn't get figured out. <laughs> what? Uh, and then we started fighting about it, uh, and Santa Ana sucked. He was he was not a good dude. Well, I disagree. Well, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know who that is. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, my my only recollection of that name is from the movie uh, Mask of Zorro with uh, um, uh, Anthony Hopkins and uh, what's his Catherine name? Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, and uh, Antonio and, Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. See, they talk about um, Santana's all the time, but you never see him throughout the whole movie. He's it's, like it's been such a long time. I don't think I've ever even seen that one. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. oh, it's a great movie. Honestly, it was like one of the first movies I could actually like recollect of having like really good sword play. Okay. And it just good sword fight. It's called sword play. Okay. <laughs> Shut up, nerd. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, no. No, it's... are you not a uh, uh, nerd, Ian? Oh no, I'm a total nerd. Oh, okay. Yeah, I say don't. Don't pretend. <laughs> yeah, total nerd. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> but it was. Uh, Catherine James Jones, she learned. Ooh, ooh, there. There's my slow mouth. Uh, she learned how to. <laughs> she, she learned how to fight. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're getting there. We're getting there, boys. Uh, yeah, no, it's pretty good. So uh, as we as we can keep talking, uh, let's uh, let's move on to the the final, which is uh, should be number three. Now, this gentleman is Jack Daniels, single barrel. Good. Barrel proof. Now, so it comes straight out of the barrel into the bottle. This comes in at a hard sixty-five point six five ABV, which is one thirty-one point three proof. So oh, rubbing alcohol. This is yeah. This this is that shit that will put hair on your hair. Um, <laughs> Quote of the day: hair yep. on your hair. So. Uh, so we've let it breathe for a little bit. All right. So, so the punch shouldn't be quite as bad, but this will be something that is an experience for you. So, um, the first thing that, that should happen is that your, your mouth just, it feels like it is full of cotton candy, right? There's nothing in there. It's kind of funny that you say that because I, I did smell that. Um, I, the first thought that I came to mind, my mind was like, it smells like candy. I don't know why. All right, man. Cheers. Cheers. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> oh. Ha. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, great stuff, man. Great stuff. I don't know why it's making me cry. <laughs> Holy shit. Woo. <clears throat> so when you're going into these... <clears throat> Let me back up for my mic here. I'm getting super close. So when you go into these these really high octane uh, whiskeys, you know, again, it's uh, the first sip you always want to do just neat, just to kind of get the characteristics of the whiskey itself. After that, though, please, for the love of God, add a little bit of water <laughs> uh, and, and experience the whiskey in a, a little bit different way. Because if you're not if you're not used to it, um, you know, even something if if you're a an eighty proofer that mixes down, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, going even to a hundred proof is is something that's just gonna 
you know, slap the shit out of you and make you call home. So again, this stuff, Ooh. this is fantastic. Um, this stuff's making my nose run. It made me cry. Yeah. Why am I so emotional? <laughs> so this is, uh, we talked a little bit about it. This is a Tennessee whiskey. And Tennessee whiskeys are uh, chemically the exact same as bourbons, <laughs> but um, they go through this extra mellowing process. So... They get poured over maple uh, charcoal, um, and it's like double mellowed is what they call it. So it's the Lincoln County process, and that was what like uh, signifies or dignifies it as a, a Tennessee whiskey as opposed to being called a bourbon. Man. Yeah, I'm going to need some Tums after this. Holy throw some shit. Water, throw some water in there. I can oh. see how people can get into this, though, because now, it's, it's really tasty. Like a, a bloop? Or... Yeah, just a bloop. Like, you want a bloop? Yeah. Stop moving your glass. You're moving. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish you could see this. This is fantastic. Shake it up. Shake, shake, shake it off. No, not off. Oh, oh whatever. God, Taylor. Shake it off. <laughs> Are you not a Swifty? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> he said nope. Nope. I'm I'm kind of afraid to get back into it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So the water the water does make a difference. Um and no, you can why, why why whiskey? Why what is your fascination behind whiskey? Um and not any other particular um what would you call it? liquor, alcohol, spirit, whatever you want to call it. I was I was a rum guy forever. Uh, rum was my thing. Um, but, uh, so once, once I started really kind of digging into, into history, um, whiskey is, is uniquely, it's not uniquely American. Um, it, you know, Scottish and, and Irish folks have been making it for, for centuries upon centuries. Um, but, but whiskey, whiskey got us to fighting, uh, whiskey got us to be in, you know, uh, rebels and, and, you know, some of the, the biggest parts of it. And, and I, American history is my thing. And I, I, I have I, fallen in love with, with who we are and what we are and where we came from. And, and so much of that I have found is, is so intertwined with, with, with whiskey, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, it started, uh, you know, the whiskey rebellion. Uh, I've got an, an episode on that. Um, you know, the only uh, sitting United States president to ever lead troops into battle uh, was George Washington, and that was to go quell the Whiskey Rebellion. Now, it's it's way over dramatic, you know, dramatized, uh, you know, by the time he f- got his fat ass back into his uniform, got up on his horse, started driving <laughs> to Pittsburgh, uh, or riding to Pittsburgh. Was he really fat? Uh, he well, I mean, I assume it was a couple of years after he had done the Revolutionary War thing, so... You know, I just assume he chilled out and put on some weight. Um, oh, but uh, yeah, so, so. I, okay. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, so <laughs> it's not a first, not a first person account. But uh, uh, you know, uh, by the time he gets about halfway to Pittsburgh from Philadelphia, uh, the rebellion is kind of given up, just because they got bored and went home. So <laughs> you know, wow. it, it was really kind of anticlimactic. Um, uh, it started real cool, but uh, but 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 you know, uh, the only ever, and. The only time a uh, a president has led troops into combat or led troops into battle 
was because of alcohol uh, mm-hmm. and and because of, of whiskey. And, and that's it's so intriguing. And then you find it just everywhere. Uh, you know, Grant, uh, Ulysses S. Grant, uh, West Point grad, uh, super cool. Uh, president, um, you know, Civil War hero. You know, he was known to, to drink. Um, and actually, Lincoln is, uh, whether whether he actually said it or not, is still kind of up for debate. But uh, Lincoln had a, a bunch of really shitty generals that wouldn't fight. And, uh, you know, Grant starts kicking ass in the Western Front. And Lincoln says, hey, find out what he's drinking and get a barrel of that to all of the rest of my generals. <laughs> you know, because Grant Grant had some some history with, uh, with alcohol abuse. Uh, Old Crow was his was his uh, whiskey of choice um and then he's I'm not, in- too sure. I'm not too sure if it was grant or if it was somebody else but i remember um i know uh, i know it was lincoln where i saw some one of my classes that i had um was a pretty much a uh collection of letters that a lot of the generals and, and people during the war were sent home or you know to their parents to their loved ones to their you know whatever mm-hmm. um and i know i know grant was on there a few times and you know lincoln was in there too yeah so sorry i mean i'll drink no those letters are, are awesome the the archives that they've they've got from yeah. that uh really paint mm-hmm. you know the the picture of of you know what what that went through one of my favorite movies of all times is gettysburg oh, uh okay. my next uh Jeff Daniels. Oh yeah, and uh, oh, you know Tom Bergeron, or not Tom Bergeron. He's the comedian. Um, uh, Martin Sheen. Oh, mm-hmm. it's a hell of a cast. Oh um, yeah. Uh, but my next my next history show is going to be on uh, a comparison and contrast to James Longstreet and Joshua Chamberlain. Um, mm. You know, big difference being you know James Longstreet was a West Point grad classically trained in in the art of of military leadership joshua chamberlain was a uh rhetoric and english teacher out of maine (laughs) you know what i mean um and both lead go on to be incredible leaders during the civil war on both sides of the fight and uh Mm -hmm. so you know but that movie was the you know that was kind of my that's that's where i fell in love with with that part of of american history you know just that that amazing story where you know, we we damn near split in half. Mm-hmm. No, I was I was actually telling um, Josh one time that I remember specifically when I was in, I'm thinking eighth grade. Um, our our uh, English teacher, she we had a uh, a segment, I guess in a sense, about the Civil War, and it was just I remember specifically that she somehow like you know got somebody who came over with the um, the reenactment with the whole Civil War mm-hmm. outfit. Oh, yeah. It had the um, the gun, actually, like the muzzle loader. Yeah. Oh. But without, obviously, you know, without any bullets, obviously, but oh, with did, the whole. Did it have the bayonet on it? I don't. Uh, I'm, uh, I can't remember for sure if it had it or not. I mean, I would. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't think that it wouldn't. I mean, it's not like we're gonna you know, the, stab anybody. But see, here's the thing. Oh, man. Okay, Josh, do you remember running down uh, Little Round Top? Yeah. Yes. We did yes. that. Okay, so, so. Quick history. There was a vacation we took, and honestly, it it was a American history vacation. But I still call that's where it, it all started the for me. Two week vacation. That's right. that's what I call it. Right. We went to all kinds of places up and down the east coast of the U.S., and we went to these iconic 
places. And sure enough, I think even my folks have a picture of me on top of a rock and me saying, fix bayonets. And that's when, when whoever was in charge was telling the soldier, put the blades on the end of your gun because guess what? We're about to... <laughs> We're about to go deep, oh, and shit. and so like it's so we're we out of were bullets. At these locations, we were at these locations where these these reenactments. Well, no, the real battles oh, took okay. place. Okay, Gettysburg. You know, so we were standing in history, mm-hmm. and and of course now as I look back at it, at the time I was like, yeah, you know that's that's cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just like, dude, if I could stand there now, a part of me would be numb right, just right, from sure. realizing what truly happened there. Right. And um yeah, that that vacation will always be the two week vacation. I remember when always. I went to um when I went to Washington DC, I think it was I mean besides all the drinking that we did <laughs> <laughs> and the partying, um when we went to like a lot of the some of the museums and we went to so my my cousin actually works um he was actually a staffer for one of the Congress people, I can't remember who it was. I think it was um, who was the. Vi- let me ask you this. Let me let me quiz you on this, Ian. He was the running person. He was a running person with Hillary Clinton. Are you talking about her VP? Yeah. Uh, hang on. I'm about to Google this shit. Oh, no, because I don't. I don't know. So like, uh, like recent political stuff. I, I, um, it. <laughs> uh, I I get too frustrated when I'm reading it to. Uh... Yeah. Well, who, what is his name? Tim McCain. Or no, Tim Kaine, not McCain. Yeah, Tim, Tim Kaine of Virginia. Okay. Yep. Okay, so he was actually um, my cousin was his staffer, right? One of his staffers. No shit. And um, he, uh, when we went, he actually gave us a tour of the, what is it, the, man, I'm not very familiar with some of the some of the places, but we went to the the Congress part. And, uh, um, so like the Senate or the House <clears throat> of Representatives? I can't remember which one it was. I'm starting, to, I think it might have been the. Might have been the Senate. I don't know, but it, uh, to me, it just it was just really cool. And there's a point where actually we went into this place where they actually you know hold the votes, and uh, I took out my phone because I was gonna take a picture of it because I thought, I think I did take a picture, but I'm not too sure. And then one of the security guards was like, "No, you can't take pictures in here." I'm just like, "Okay, that's kind of weird," but you know, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to take. pictures Why wouldn't in you there. be able to take pictures in there? I don't know. It was just really weird. But um, my cousin did take a picture, but. Um, one of the coolest places that we went to was the place that I really enjoyed, anyways, was the um the the Abraham Lincoln Memorial. Oh yeah. I don't know why, but for some odd reason, I really, I mean, I really liked that place. Um, we went to the um the Washington Monument. Yep. That one was okay. I mean, I don't know. There wasn't really anything to it, but it's a giant really... pointy building that just. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like I don't know. I think the the. The Abraham Lincoln Memorial was the best one that I that I enjoyed, anyways. Yeah. So the uh, uh, so that, on that that two week vacation that that Josh is talking about, we we did DC as well, um, 
and my my biggest so well two biggest takeaways uh memory wise was uh we went to the holocaust museum and and that i don't i don't think that was in dc that was in dc there is there, yeah there's one in dc the big one is in dc no we sure? were yeah. i thought we did the one in philadelphia the holocaust museum in philadelphia no we did the liberty bell in philadelphia Jeez, man. No. Uh, yeah. No, the Holocaust Museum was in D.C., dog. Are you sure? Yep. I'm going to say you guys are very privileged. All, all the cities look the same. <laughs> so, so the Holocaust Museum, and that, that changed me emotionally for the rest of my life. And there were there were things, uh, when you get a glimpse of uh, how how truly awful humans can be. Yeah, for um, sure. It, it kind of changes your perspective. And I was, I was young. I was a kid. Uh, and you get a, a full glimpse of, and one thing I remember is all of the really bad shit was on TV screens that were sunken low in the floor, and there were these really high walls around them, right. so kids couldn't see the really awful shit. Okay. Um, and and I was tall enough because I was super tall as a kid uh, to see over the walls, and and those images of of just disgusting humanity. Uh, right. you know, kind of cha- totally changes your perspective. Like, fuck, uh, we're capable of doing this as human beings, and this is an awful thing. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, um, besides the besides the Civil War, I think the Holocaust itself was really, for some reason, I had a little fascination with that. I don't know why. It's like a little, um, you know, did you ever watch the movie, um, The Boy in uh, Striped Pajamas? No. No. Did you? Not that I can remember. It's a great movie. You guys should watch it. It was on Netflix. I'm not too sure, but it was. Um, I'm not sure if it's on now, but it was. It was a really good movie. It was really sad yeah. at the end, but yeah. you know, it's. Um, it gives a. It gives a. Uh, it gives a light into how a um, soldier, a Nazi soldier, lived back in the day. Yeah. Um, I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but there's there are scenes where, where the, the father who is the soldier, the Nazi yeah. soldier is having like marital problems with uh, his wife because she, they're actually really close to uh, the concentration camps. Mm. Um, and he's actually one of the big guys, I think, that, you know, makes all the people go into the chambers and gasses them up mm. or whatnot. And then she eventually, she does, she's kind of like <clears throat> ignorant to, to, ignorant to the, the fact that that's what's going on. When she finds out, um, that's when she has a, like a big realization, like, yo, this shit ain't cool, you know? Right. Um, and you know, obviously the kid, which is the son, I mean, the son, mm-hmm. he eventually he makes friends with. He actually makes friends with one of the little, the little Jewish boys um, across the on, the, other, on the other side of the fence. Pretty much, literally yeah. on the other side of the fence. And then somehow he gets roped into. Somehow, literally, he gets not roped into, but he's he gets sucked into the the walking and gets gassed, unfortunately. So. Right. It's really sad. Did, uh, <laughs> did you ever see the movie uh, Life is Beautiful? No. Um, it was about um, <clears throat> the um, 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 forgive my um, you know bl- what I know. bluntness, but it was uh, Italian Jews. I don't know if that's politically correct or not. Why not? But like, let's dive this, into this. Right. This the father and son <laughs> get taken up by um, you know Nazis, but mm-hmm. the the whole movie is this father making this experience the best he can for his son. Mm. And it's, it's, 
gut wrenching. Like I saw this movie before I had kids, right. and I was like, man, like this is something else. And then I watched it once after I had kids. I was a blubbering mess. Yeah, like I can only imagine. like disgustingly ugly crying at the end, and just snot coming out of my <laughs> nose and just tears everywhere. And I was like, oh my god! I was like, dude. But but here's the thing though, like he the the main character made the best out of a god awful situation, just so his his see I'm I'm getting worked up about it just <laughs> thinking about it just his his kid could have some kind of light at the end of the tunnel right and it was oh my god if if you get a chance watch it yeah hey. if if you don't mind reading subtitles watch it because mm. it's it's um uh, it's all in italian oh okay but it's okay. Oh, such a good movie now oh my gosh Ian, your brother has a very i have a problem with english but your brother has uh, a little bit of a problem with english as well what are you talking about i'm just saying <laughs> I I speak the English um really well. He English is really good. He doesn't science or math really real well. well, but he English is really well. It's a it's That's a McGlynn cool. thing. Yeah. No, uh, you should check out that movie. That was a I mean that was a great movie. Um, it's really like I said, it's really uh really uh, sad to striped pajamas. Yeah. 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 And the 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 Holocaust was one of those things. Um. Uh, you know, and again, we're, we were talking about the, our experience in DC, um, you know, and that was, uh, you know, it kind of opens your eyes to, to some really gross stuff. And, and, and then you go, uh, right after that, we went to the Vietnam Memorial and, uh, you know, the, the, I, I don't remember, I know I touched the wall. Um, but the one thing that sticks out the, the most was how scarily and I don't know if that's a word, but like, uh, it was quiet. There were, it was silence, reverence, um, in that area. Nobody was talking. Nobody was, it was just, here's this wall of names and all of these people gave their lives and, uh, fighting in Vietnam. And, um, you know, you just look at this wall and you're like, holy shit, you know, there's, there's a number there, you know, like these are, these are people. And, um, uh, and it, and it kind of blew my mind and I, well, you know, it's so funny, uh, shit. 30 years later, uh, I go to the 9-11 Memorial in D.C., and I kind of have that same expectation. Like, when we walk up there, it's just going to be this reverent, silent area where this, this you know, uh, now it's actually ground zero, so something disgustingly tragic happened in that place, and it's not. Oh, my God. There's tour groups. There's people talking. There's selfies. There's all kinds of crazy shit going on. And I, I the first time I go there, I get angry. And I want to start yeah. yelling at people like, shut the fuck up. You know, like, have some respect. Yeah. And you're like, what, now, what are you uh, doing? Like, put your goddamn phone you down. society, though? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so there's yeah, absolutely. Like, today's world, compared to back in the day when, when he went as a kid, obviously there wasn't cell phones. So it's kind of like one of those things yeah. that people take into, no? no. Huge, because, well, huge societal so for, change. First off, I think... For the first couple of years after 9-11, definitely, yes, there was a sense of, um, hey, something tragic right. and awful happened here. So we need to treat it with the respect that it deserves. But right. I think when something like that is in a city like um, New York, mm -hmm. that it, it just becomes um, 
a part of the background. You you fail to see it as what it was because I I remember watching on television you know all that stuff that happened in 9-11. Right. but at the same time people who live in new york you know they experienced it they live with it they drive mm-hmm. by the memorial i'm assuming you know a billion times right. in a week it it just becomes um um just something that's there you come you, you become desensitized uh but yeah but the folks that live there and the folks that experienced it um, it's not. Those are the people who deal with that place as with reverence. It's the mm. tourists. Mm. Um, it's in and New York City brings in, um, I think, more foreign tourists than any city, you know, in America. Um, and it's not a, it's not the people that live there and experienced it that are being disrespectful. Um, uh, so we, I, I got a chance to do some, uh, some collaboration with some folks that. Um, work in downtown um, Manhattan, and they were there on 9-11. They were in a right. building uh, two blocks away, um, and and I got to share, you know, they shared with me that experience that they went through, and it, it is very real and is very vivid and is very, um, it's it's crazy. Uh, so th- so that appreciation is still there. It's, it's the tourists uh, who are assholes. Well, you know, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of one of those things that you it's, it's kind of one of those things. Like I said, I think it's the, the whole society, how society works nowadays is, is so much different compared to, you know, like you said, back in the day when you were a kid going through that Vietnam you know, memorial um, where I see there wasn't cell phones. So there wasn't Facebook. There wasn't anything of anything of that nature. So you were there for a reason is to kind of and take in the the. Taking the the whole the whole atmosphere of it, you know what I mean? Mm. It's kind of the th- same thing that um one of the reasons that when you, when I went to Las Vegas for the first time when I was at the um at the Little Caesars hotel was it Little Caesars I think where they had the the fountains. Yeah. Yep. So they had the fountains right, and I'm like shooting through my fucking camera, my phone. Due to the length of our conversation, I've chosen to make this a two part show. Please stay tuned for part two of my discussion with Josh and Ricardo from the Warehouse Rats podcast, coming soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And as always, if you have questions, comments, or would like to join me at the Bar of Questionable Life Choices for an episode, please contact me at whywhiskeyhistory at gmail.com and we can start that conversation. Thank you. Once upon a time there was a railroad line. Don't ask where, brother, don't ask where.